What is up, guys, and welcome back to another amazing episode of the Bleeding B&G Podcast, episode 65. Just giving you guys a slight recap. So to give you guys a timestamp as I do for every episode, today is Sunday, September 19th, and it's about 11 o'clock p.m., and I need a couple of hours. I need a couple of hours to cool down because the Washington Commanders fall or get bullied by the Detroit Lions in Detroit as they fall 27-36. to 36. Um, and and get bullied. I, I meant every word of that. So we're going to call this episode Mow Down and Motown because that's exactly what the Detroit Lions did to our commanders over the course of the four quarters in today's game. Um, it was it was it was embarrassing. Um, and I don't I don't mean to parse my words. I don't mean for this to be hyperbole. I'm not trying to be 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 uh, one for the flair of the dramatics or anything like that. <clears throat> But the first half of football that we played today was arguably one of the worst first halves that I've seen in my fanhood as a Washington football team member, a Washington commander, a Washington Redskins, whatever name you want to call it. Whatever name you want to call it. To be falling 22-0 to the Detroit Lions at halftime is unacceptable. Unacceptable. I don't care how much better of a team you think it is. And like I said, we were bullied. We were bullied. The theme of this game was that Detroit was just whipping our ass in every phase of the game, physically manhandling us. I mean, if you look at the stats, Detroit runs for, what, 191 yards with three of their starters out on the offensive unit. With three of their starters out on the offensive unit. Now, I know that Chase Young isn't playing, but this is still a defensive line that invested five first-round picks in, in, in guys, and these guys aren't showing up to play. These guys just simply aren't showing up to play. Yeah, Deron Payne has had his flashes in these two games, and he flashed today as well. And I'll, I'll be naive to not admit that he's been the best defensive tackle over the course of these two games. Looking at you, Jonathan Allen. Looking at you, Jonathan Allen. You come with a lot of talk. I used to talk about that a lot before last season, but you backed it up. Hopefully I'm not going back to the pre-2021 Jonathan Allen. Was was all bark and not that much play, not not, not that much bite. Detroit runs for 191 yards, just smash mouth, smash mouth. We knew what they were gonna do. We knew what they were gonna do. And I know, I know that we usually start it, it all recaps with the offensive performance, but I gotta get the Jack Del Rio's defense. This shit is putrid. This shit is horrible. Historically, Jack Del Rio's defenses never get better. The best that we were going to get out of Jack Del Rio defense was in 2020, facing those slew of bad quarterbacks. So guess what? Everybody figures him out. He does not make any in-game adjustments week in and week out. It's almost like he's incapable of doing it. I tweeted this during the game. I said it seems as if like Jack Del Rio runs the same defense that he played in. In the 1980s, in the 1980s, having linebackers checking slot receivers, having a baseline about an empty set. It just seems that we're never proactive with our prey calling. And it's time for Jack to go. It's time for Jack to go. Because one thing that I'm noticing with the comments earlier in the week and things like that, and then the comments coming in post-game, is that we're starting to make Jamin Davis the scapegoat, and that's one thing that we're not going to do. That's one thing we're not going to do, because he was your best defensive player on defense today. 
No defensive player flash more than Jamin Davis today. So Ron Rivera, you got a hell of a you got a hell of a pair of balls to be calling him out after today. Trying to scapegoat this young man instead of really calling the problem at hand. That your fucking coaching staff is incompetent as hell. There's a reason why you had to fire your defensive line coach in the middle of training camp. And it's just a domino effect that goes on with that. It's just a domino effect that goes on with that. Jack Del Rio has got to go. Jack Del Rio has got to go. We over here praising David Mayo. We put David Mayo in the game and look at what happens. 191 yards. So he's supposed to be a what? A run-stopping specialist at the linebacker position? What is he stopping? What is he stopping? Not to the tune of 191 yards from Detroit. Jerv Goff just having as much time as he wanted in the pocket. Carson Wentz over there getting smacked around. You look on the other side. Jerv Goff just standing tall in the pocket, just doing whatever he wants to do. Just doing whatever he wants to do. Montez Sweat out there, hoe, as quiet as a church mouse. As quiet as a church mouse on any given Sunday. Montez Sweat is the epitome of built like Tarzan, plays like Jane. I told y'all in the preseason, he's the king of almost there. Well, he didn't even almost get there today. This defense is cooked. This defense is cooked in all shapes and forms, from the coaching staff to the players. And newsflash, Chase Young isn't fixing his defense. Chase Young isn't fixing his defense when he returns. There is no fix in his defense. This is the defense that everybody told you over the course of the offseason. We needed linebacker help. We needed linebacker help. Coach Rivera from the horse's mouth. We needed linebacker help. Well, guess what? The only change you made at linebacker was bringing in Milo Eifer. Who you don't play. Who you don't play. You waited for John Boston to get cut from another team to bring him in for you not to play him as well. Why isn't he in at least over David Mayo? This is the same scheme with the same coaching staff that it was in in 2020 that he played in in 2020 and 2021. It's just the process, the process of things, the logistics of things that baffles me with this organization from time to time. Like, you know, I don't, at the latest, you knew that by the second week of training camp, Chase Young was going to be out the first four weeks of the season. Why don't you go and try to get yourself another pass rusher? Because at this rate, with plays like Tar built like Tarzan, plays like Jane Montez Sweat, and then the cast off Shaka Tony, Jane Smith Williams, and Casey Tuhill, we arguably have the worst defensive in room in the NFL. And I am not joking. And I am not joking. Brian Kerrigan ain't hitting his Clark Kent and taking off that coaching suit and suing up for you. He's not. He's not. 
And like I said, it's, it's one and one. It's one and one. I don't want to make it seem like it's more dire than it really is. But, guys, it's football. And the thing that bothered me about today is that we got out physical by the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions. Vegas was telling you to play the Detroit Lions. You know why? Because they was watching those hard knock practices when those guys was getting smacked in the mouth, hitting each other. I was at training camp at Ashburn six days. I can tell you I saw one padded practice. Well, the only tackling they did was in goal line. I promise you I'm not lying. I promise you I'm not lying. And now if, if, if this is the case with the NFLPA and a new collective bargaining agreement where you can't have any one-on-one tackling drills and anything like that, well, we have an issue with the CBA. Because we don't tackle, we don't fight off blocks, we don't play with any physicality in either trenches. Because the offensive line, I'm about to get on your ass next. This is the... We got Jared Goff out there looking like Dan Marino. But why am I shocked? He did this to us in 2020 with the Rams. Scratch that. We got... We got we got Jerry Goff looking like Prime Joe Montana, and we got Amon Ross St. Brown looking like Jerry Rice. Amon Ross St. Brown was slutting us out today. Any which way. A catch over the middle. A catch on the outside. A touchdown catch on the outside. A reverse. A run. You get a big play. You get a big play. Like, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And I've told you guys time and time before. You never, you don't, don't ever, don't ever assume that you've seen it all in football until you watch a Washington, Commander, Redskins, whatever name you want to call it, game. Because in all my years of watching football, I've never seen a guy catch a football, fall on his ass, get up, cut back the entire field, and still score a touchdown. I've never seen that in all my years of watching NFL football. And I promise you, we've been watching for years. This man had the time to get up off of his ass. After bobbling the ball. After bobbling the ball, get up, cut back. So that tells you that the pursuit is horrible. Where's all my backside guys chasing down the ball? Attacking the ball? Not there. Giving up on the play? Giving up on the play. And this guy is so bad with this defense that I'm over there just starting making up shit that I just think that I saw. I knew damn well DeAndre Swift did not drop that ball. I'm like, nah, but he bobbled it before he even fell down. That's not a catch. Over there trying to convince myself of shit that's happening. That's how cooked this defense is. I'm over there making imaginary calls. This man caught the ball, got up, Cut back the entire field and still score the touchdown. Where's my pursuit? That shows you ain't ankle tackling. We got to go back to the fundamentals, Little League football. That shows you don't know how to take the proper angles. That shows you're giving up on the play. But why am I shocked? This is what the Washington franchise does. This is what they've been doing for years.
for years. And like I told you, I'm just like that loyal girlfriend that just keep getting played. I keep on coming back season after season. I let a fucking narrow victory against the fucking Jacksonville Jaguars reel me back in. I've been playing man till 3 in the morning with these dudes all night, all week. Think, oh, we got a shot this year. We got explosives. We got explosiveness. I can get it done this year. Then I turn to this week, and it's midway through the second corner. We still haven't ran a, We still don't have, haven't gotten a first down. Do y'all know that we did not run the offensive play in Detroit territory in the entire first half? That's unacceptable, dude. That's unacceptable. And everybody all praising this offensive line unit. I've never been as high on the offensive line unit as some of y'all seem to be. Credit to John Masco for where he works with. But I feel, always felt like this was some type of plug-and-play mass unit. I've always felt like y'all got them rose-tinted glasses on for Charles Leno for a guy that's just meh. 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 He's okay. Charles Leno's okay. But I'm used to Trent Williams. I'm used to I'm used to Chris Samuels. Those are the type of left tackles that I'm used to. And guess what? Newsflash, Charles Leno ain't that. Charles Leno ain't that. And he got his ass whooped by the rookie Aiden Hutchinson all game today. He got his ass whooped by everybody today. I think he got his ass with about Charles Walker. I haven't heard of Charles Walker since what? Since he was at Oklahoma. Like, what the hell? We out here getting our ass with by guys that can't even get scenes with hard knocks. Like, it's sad. It, it was really sad. And to go along with the theme of being out physical all game, this man, Dax Mill, was getting blown up on every kick and pump return, bruh. I was about to throw in the towel for my damn self. Rocky style, throwing the damn towel. First of all, he's slow as hell. He slows molasses, bro. Bro, stop taking the ball out the end zone if you're not about to get it past the 20-yard line, bro. Stop. Then you getting blasted at that. Low ass was going flying repeatedly today. Repeatedly. Detroit, we, we went in Detroit and got our hearts took. They let us know that it's so cold in the D today. They went in and put on their Cartier buffs. Put on them a nice little fur jacket and snatched our chain today. William Jackson III has the worst ball skills I've ever seen of, of any cornerback I've ever seen in my life, Little League included. Y'all told me I was talking about one play in the preseason when I told you that he gets so nervous when the ball's in the air. Go look at the touchdown pass. He's there, make a play on the ball. He getting bodied by 5'9". I'm around St. Brown getting big boy. Dude. But he's just falling along in the line and the long lineage of cornerbacks that signed a big deal with Washington. 
that forget how to cover. A la Deion Sanders and Josh Norman. It just is what it is. And this shit is really unbelievable. We get spurred by the same things year in and year out, and nothing really changes. I don't want to hear about the culture, Ron. The culture doesn't, the good culture teams don't fall down 22 nothing to the Detroit Lions. I'm talking about the Detroit Lions like they one of the NFL's elite. They look like it today. They look like it today. Now let's get to this offense, man. Like I told y'all, the offensive line was getting their ass whooped. Whooped. And as I mentioned before, this is a logistic process issue to me. We went into the game not having a backup center. Now Chase Rulier leaves the game on crutches. Wes Schweitzer over here didn't play this week. You're over here playing games with Trey Turner, who who damn near, Trey Turner doesn't want to play football. I told y'all that during the preseason. He had to collect a check. He did the same thing with Pittsburgh last year. Trey Turner is done with football. He doesn't give a fuck about football anymore. It's evident his play. Look at some of these stretch zone blocks and things like that. Or a play where he has to make out a play where he has to be made in space. It's not being made by, by Trey Turner. You might as well say fuck it at that point. I I don't have time for my starting guard to be working himself in the shape we two of the NFL season. Because he don't know if he wanna play football or not. I told y'all in training camp, man, be over there dressed big swaggy on the side field, not doing shit. He don't even be stretching. I told y'all that. He be out there like he he walking on the beach. I swear to God, I told y'all that. Like this shit is sad. Getting blown up all game. Sam Cosby, get your big ass in shape. Soon as we went in a hurry out, we ran like three or four consecutive plays, then you just start getting your ass whipped around the edge. And it ain't all on you. Because Carson Wentz, get rid of the damn ball. That's one thing I talked about. One of the reasons why I wasn't so high on Carson when he came here. Because I always thought that we had a mash offensive line unit that was playing above their talent level. And it was bound to come back to reality at some point. And boy, did we get a reality check today. But speaking of Carson Wentz, um, he had an okay game today. The stat line reads 30 and 46 for 337 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. On the one interception, he sails the ball high over the middle. That's just what Carson does. I'm going to say it every time. Carson's going to Carson. He's going to give an opposing team those type of chances to get um, in each and every game. It just depends on if he's able to throw himself out of it and throw himself back into the game. But I fully expect a, a mental lapse or two from Carson Wentz every game. But I'm not going to put all of that on Carson Wentz because I do think that Logan Thomas could have jumped higher. He could have ran his stem a little more uphill. I agree with that 100%. It seems that he's lacking some of the explosiveness that he had pre-ACL injury. Now, is that because he's simply working his way back? Or is that simply because he just doesn't have that explosiveness anymore? He didn't seem to jump as high as he could. Or it seemed to me as if Carson was expecting him to have a little more bounce than he did. And it just wasn't there. Let me know what you guys think about that play. Because I think that's what I saw. 
Um, so I give both of them uh, partial blame on that interception. Honestly, don't think that it was a throw that should have been made in the first place. And Scott Turner, man. And I've said this dating back to last season, if you guys can remember, in the New Orleans Saints game when we got pending uh, against our goal line multiple times. I've hated Scott Turner back to our deep in our old end zone um, play calling for, 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 for a while now. For a while. He gets so scared when we're backed up in our own end zone when our back's on the goal line. And I'm trying to figure out why. I'm trying to figure out why. We did all this motion there early in the game last week, confusing Jacksonville. Then we come out now looking like your grandfather's offense. And, I, and I'll admit it. I'll admit it. Yes, the offensive line was getting their ass whooped. Those receivers, the dudes that we were so quick to name the posse after last, year, last, last week, they were not beating my coverage initially. They weren't initially beating my coverage. And while I mentioned, yeah, Carson's numbers did eventually look good. I'll be naive to mention that our wide receivers start finally getting open when Detroit was playing lax coverage in the second half, playing with a lead. We know football. We pay attention to everything. I'm just trying to open up your, your, your listeners' eyes over there. I'm just trying to open up the listeners' eyes over there. Our $24 million man was getting strapped by Jeff Okuda in the first half. I want you guys to notice this. Through two first halves this season, in two first halves against the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Detroit Lions, Terry McLaurin has one catch for seven yards in the two first halves of the last two games. This is the man we paid $24 million. I told y'all last week he don't be getting that open on every route. I love I love Terry. Terry's amazing. Terry's the best we've had in a while. I'll say since Santana Moss. But I'm starting to see the reason why a lot of his peers didn't vote him into the top 100. To be one of the elites, you got to be able to beat man coverage over and over again. And while he did wake up in the second half, I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, elites play the full quarters. The elites play full quarters. The elites play full quarters, Terry. I like the creativeness that we're doing with Curtis Samuel. And, I mean, he wasn't, he's not known to be the most, you know, precise route runner or nuanced route runner and things like that. He wasn't beating man coverage either. Neither was Jahan Dotson. And like I said, guys, I know the offensive line wasn't giving us any time. But it wasn't like these guys were beating them quick either. They weren't. They weren't. They weren't. Antonio Gibson back to being Antonio Gibson in 2021. I tweeted this. Antonio Gibson has the fucking vision of a brick wall. 14 carries for 28 yards for a two-yard two per carry average. That's horrible. That's horrible. Antonio Gibson has the vision of a brick wall. There's a reason why we were so low on him coming out of the preseason. As a runner. As a runner. As a running back. Stop trying to make him that. Do what you did with him in Jacksonville every week. What's so hard about it? The good teams do it. 
the good teams find a way to get their playmakers ball the ball in space. I'm just starting to realize, man, that we might not, we might just not be that good of a team. You get manhandled by the Detroit Lions. You have a narrow escape against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And guess what? Them big bad Philadelphia Eagles coming into town next week. So that's a wrap for me, man. Uh, I'm not going to keep you guys long. We'll give you guys about half of a regular pod because, you know, Washington only played half of a game today. But hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Be tuned in. Be tapped into our page. Make sure you're following our social medias. Our Twitter handle is at BleedingBNG. B-L-E-E-D-I-N-B-N-G. Only one G in our Twitter handle. Our Instagram handle is at BleedingBNG. B-L-E-E-D-I-N-G. B-N-G. Daily posts, daily content posted on all of those social media pages. Be sure to follow us. If you like this episode, be sure to comment. Be sure to like. Be sure to subscribe. Let's finesse these YouTube's algorithms as well. And as I always say, we're available on all podcast platforms at this point. But if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts specifically, be sure to rate and review. Be sure to rate and review so that we're finessing these algorithms so that when you're looking for anything, Washington Commanders, Bleeding B&G is one of those first things that pop up. We try to be your number one content hub for the Washington Commanders. But that'll do it for this episode. Mo down in Motown. Hopefully we can regroup. Because Carson, it's the Carson Wentz Revenge game next week. So be sure to be tapped into the page. I'm going to have an Eagles preview this week. Um, and I might have some more content. Might have some more fire content. Uh, to be posted on the page. So be sure to be tapped in. I'll check in on you guys later.